0: Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, the American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. I'm Keith McGinty and welcome to the crew. This is our 100th episode since we first uploaded in November of 2022 with a preview of week 9. What started as a drunken idea whilst on a fantasy draft weekend is an excuse for a great group of pals to keep in touch regularly after COVID Zoom chats, has grown into a year-round podcast covering all things NFL. Tonight, we may have reached our 100th episode, but we're only getting started. The crew is going to get bigger and better for the 2024 season. Over the next week, we will release details of our Super Bowl plans, including a very exciting live show from a fantastic sports bar in the heart of Glasgow. So, thank you for listening and interacting with us. We love giving a voice to the many, many American football fans in Scotland and beyond. And we'll be doing even more of this in the next season. The reason I am opening the show is to say a huge thank you to my crew. To Brian, Kev, Liam, Gav and Stu, who absolutely smash it every week with the review crew. And to Dan, Studs, Craig, Scud, and Patrick for all their efforts and insight on the preview crew. Huge thank you also to anybody who's contributed, or special guests that we've had over the year as well. But most of all, thank you all. And here's to the next 100 episodes. Hello and
1: welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast. An American Football podcast made in Scotland by NFL Levels. You are listening to and watching The Review Crew. Uh, and I'm your host Brian the Conscience of Cleveland Donlan. Now folks, it has been championship weekend and what a weekend it has been. We are going to take you through all things NFL championship. We're going to be looking at the two amazing games we've just seen. But remember folks, like subscribe you can catch us on youtube on x on instagram and wherever you get your podcasts so give us a like give us a subscribe give us a follow get involved with the crew now as always i am joined by some of the finest crew members that we have at our disposal um you know i was I'm, i've been weighing up the order that i wanted to introduce everybody tonight and I, i'll start we'll, we'll go in order of the person who is most relevant most often or most recently uh, so he is resident cheese head, and he actually had a stake in the playoffs until recently. Liam, how are you doing, sir?
2: Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Another another fun weekend of football. So, yes, all good. So, looking forward it's, to having a good chat about
1: it. it certainly was. Um, to somebody who thought he'd be relevant a whole lot longer, um, but sadly turned out to be just as relevant as the Browns, that's not a compliment. Uh, it is as Fly Eagles Fly man himself. Kev, how are you doing, mate?
3: um good thanks brian I'm just trying to savour every last bit of football um before the before the season comes to an abrupt end in a couple of weeks so um i went to a friend's a friend's uh fan bar um and his in his man cave um it's called the box bar but uh, no relation to the, the the establishment in glasgow um so I, I thoroughly enjoyed this weekend's football it was great
1: it wasn't that, mate. And I, I, we've seen some of the pictures. Your friends get, get quite a wee set up for themselves. It's lovely to see. Uh, now, to a man whose team hasn't been relevant for ages, however, he remains relevant as always because he is the president, secretary, uh, minute taker and just general chief chairperson of the Brock Puddy Fan Club Association. Uh, it is the
4: one, that only, Stu, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing really well. Uh, yeah, that was uh, quite the quite the intro there. I was expecting something Joe Burrow related, but um no, no. no. I've definitely been banging the Brock Purdy drums, so I'll, I'll take that one kind of thing. And um, he he did not bad, which we'll get into.
1: I, I, absolutely, and I'm um, as, as a wee preview, a wee sneak peek for everybody looking ahead further into the pod. I'm doing a bit of a, a bit of a doing by stuff for some of my uh, my salacious commentary around a certain Mister uh Funny enough, all <laughs> happened in a, a, a very particular two quarters of the game, yes. uh, and not so much in another two quarters of the game. But more about that later. Now, before we actually get started, this is a very special edition of the Grid Iron Crew podcast, everybody, because and this is what I wish I had a little sound effect If You know, if you just imagine a drum roll in your head. Brrr, It is episode 100. We have been doing this. I actually genuinely couldn't believe it when Keith sent me a message earlier to to give me the wee wee reminder that today is our 100th episode. Uh, So a very big thank you to to yourselves, gentlemen, for being with us through all of these episodes. All the other guys on the crew, it has been an amazing run. Uh, Keith, obviously, for kicking this all off. And to all of the people who... Listen into us every week as we sit and talk all things NFL. It's uh, something we take a great amount of pleasure in doing, and we hope you guys all continue to enjoy the the episodes to come as we move on to 101 and beyond. Now, this is where I was trying to come up with a kickoff question for tonight, and everybody listening, we've been talking about this before we come on here, and it's one of those kickoff questions that my link is one you need to like you need to squint really hard that. See, but you need glasses almost as thick as mine to see this but just But stick on, so it is the crew's 100th episode. 100 is a century, century is kind of like Centurion, and they were very important people. So, my kickoff question <laughs> is if you are going to pick one very important person to build a, your, your dream NFL franchise around. Who would it be now? For the sake of this question, and to avoid everybody saying Patrick Mahomes, um, we have barred the quarterback position. So you are not allowed to build your franchise around a QB. Uh, Let's assume that you have one. You have a fabulous quarterback. You've got Baker. You've got Baker, and as such, all is well with the world, and you need no more at that position group. My question then is, who would you build your dream franchise around? What would the who would that player be? Um, current players, or so we're sticking to people that are active at the minute. Uh ne- negan back into the, the mists of time and pulling out like, some of the some of the Hall of Fame legends that the league has seen. Um, Stu, so would you like to kick us off, mate? Who would your your number one player, your centurion, your champion? That you're gonna build your franchise around. You've always said you like the idea of being a GM. Yeah. This is your moment to set it your uh,
4: set out your stall. You know, i have I feel kind of on the spot here as well, especially Good. with the fact that I can't choose a quarterback. That's really uh, that's you know, as we talk, we talk about, how we, are, we have a lot of discussions about how that's the most important position in football, or at least it's one of the most important, uh, apart from kicker. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about this. since You don't pick Justin Tucker now. So, and this is, this decision is completely based on recency bias, um, informed in part by this weekend's games as well. So I'm going to pick a San Francisco 49er that is not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going to go with Trent Williams, left tackle, because I think that if you're going to do well, you need, to, you need to do well in the trenches. So I was looking at either D line or O line. And I think Trent Williams, he's to me, he's the best left tackle in the game right now. So I'm going with him. that's that's an excellent shout. I do like that. I like to thinking
1: outside the box and away from a from a glamour position. It'd be too, it'd be too easy to, 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 to pick a to pick a CMC or, or something like that. I'm um, coming to course. you next. Yeah, aye. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, who would who would you be? Who would you be going for? So I was kind of I went this kind of same route as Stuart. I Was thinking of, you know left tackle, you know, offense defensive line. So he's technically still relevant, only just retired. I'm gonna go Jason Kelsey, a center, oh. um, just because he's a, a man beast. And see when you see him running out, out in space and just taking players down and like uh, it's the kind of lead blocker. It's class to see. And obviously obviously the master of old tush push, uh, getting that going. So um, yeah. I'll go, Jason Kelsey.
1: No, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, see, I'm gutted. Now. I thought I was being clever. Uh, so I'm, 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 going to put mine, and I would go and Creed Humphrey. Sam, so same exact thought. Center, center, center. It is the. We're the, all going Left tackle is <laughs> obviously vital, but the like, I center your offensive line. I think it's such a such an underappreciated position. Um doesn't get doesn't get the respect I think they didn't, they, that's I really not that's we went three for three on O line. And then we have like,
4: Kev who's an Eagles fan and Eagles are known for having uh you know, I know. known for having one of the better offensive lines in football. So let's keep I it <laughs> yeah. So I, no, on you go okay. demonstrate well,
1: that we at the crew appreciate the trenches.
3: Yeah, well I I'm not gonna go O line because we've been lucky enough to have a pretty good O line um recently, but um Similar thinking to yourselves, though, guys, like on the, uh, if, if it's not going to be a quarterback, it, I think it's going to be somebody on one of those lines. And I would go for someone like, I, I mean, you said it has to be a current player. I was actually thinking, um, you know, imaginary guy coming up in the draft, who would my ideal like imaginary draft pick be? Um, but someone, someone in the style of like a Miles Garrett or a or a TJ Watt would be would be my thinking. Um, somebody that is, can just absolutely wreck other teams' games. Um, so that that would be how who I would go for.
1: Love it, love it. Well, all the love for people in the trenches and, Kev, even, and Do You know what? I am just simply going to go out and draft the next Miles Garrett, TJ <laughs> Watt. I am infinitely certain I will find them. Ten a penny, Those Particularly, particularly the type of area the Eagles draft that. When's your first draft pick this year? It's got to be right oh. in the top of the first round. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, you guys will have your first this year. It's only Cleveland that doesn't get to draft in the first round. Um, there we go. Something, something. One was up. Who would you build that that fantasy lineup around? And it's say a bit of love, but respect for the for, for the trenches for the the much-maligned part of the game that doesn't get in love it deserves. Right. Well, it was the championship round, and we only, only, only had two games to talk about. Um, but they were two of the the best games of the year. Uh, frankly, uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching both of the games. and a great time with a pair of them. Um, so we are going to rattle our way through both of them, folks. And where to start? There's nowhere else really, but to start with the first game we had, and it was the Chiefs again on the road, on the road for the second time in this playoff window uh, at the Baltimore Ravens, the much lauded Baltimore Ravens. With And Stu, you can correct me, where they had all sorts of, was it? The, were they, the, they were the number one defense by the end of the year. They were number yeah they'd overtaken everybody else. Indeed, they were up at number one.
4: Yeah, they they'd even taken over the mighty Cleveland Brown defense by the end of the year. So that's that's kind of saying a lot. But yeah, they were pretty much one and kind of in the top three in every metric that you can kind of measure defenses by. So uh, yeah, we, we all thought that well you know the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes and we've heard the struggles that the receivers have been having, and then you have guys like Kadarius Tony with that. Injury, I'm not injured, <laughs> like all oh, that chance has gone <laughs> on before the game as well. added to it, and you kind of think, well, are well, the Chiefs going to go in here and perform well? But yeah, you're right, the, the Ravens defense was kind of the big story going into this game and how, how they would stifle stifle Mahomes. or that was their path to victory. Hi, I'm sorry, sorry, were
1: you referring to the recently retired Canaries, Tony? Yeah, I'm,
4: I'm just assuming he's retired after those screens. I mean, yeah, I, d- I don't know where he's getting a contract next with the the, the kind of chat he was thrown out.
1: <laughs> Edmund Elks. He could go and join the Elks. That would be
4: up to the CFL. I don't know, man. Like the the Elks wide receiver core is actually not too bad. In fact, it's so good that we just <laughs> let um, like one of the oh, I forgot his name already, but he uh, won like um, receiver of the year like three years ago. He has been injured, like or he's only played maybe half the season the last two years, but the Elks have let him go because he's kind of deemed surplus to requirements because you know the receivers they have in the room are so good. So I don't think Tony's gonna I don't think you get a shout up here. So right, that I was actually
1: being completely flippant with that. But there we are Kaderis Tony has played to such a high standard this year and carried himself on the social world. media <laughs> so well that the offer of him the Edmonton Elks would be politely declined from Edmonton. Uh, that, t- that tells you a lot. Well, with Kansas City, I'm I'm taking a lead with this one. Um, I w- I was on team team KC for this game. Uh, I'm on team NFC for the Super Bowl. But that's a whole other story. Um, I was on team KC. Um, quite madly because absolutely anyone but the Raptors. Um, sorry, Ravens flock. Uh, I'm sure you're all devastated today, but as a loyal Cleveland Brown fan watching you suffer is my nectar. Um so yeah Casey did casey things. This was a game that showed you when you've got Patrick Mahomes, anything is possible. And he he really just is that that player. He's really the only player in the league that can do the things that he does. And it is just incredible. We've seen an absolute resurgence to Travis Kelsey, coming in for a man who, okay, he's, he's, he was, what was he, two, three yards or something like that, shy of hitting a 1,000 yards in the regular season. He certainly overcame it in the postseason. Um, put up 116 yards on the day. Touchdown. and what a, what a touchdown grab it was. It was a great
4: touchdown that he put in. Brian, got- you missed out. He's actually put up 121 yards. You missed out his one five-yard carry. No, no, no. I
1: was first. Uh, receiving stats first. Receiving stats okay, first. Receiving stats first okay, well, <laughs> uh, and yes, and yes, yes, Stuart. <laughs> Sunday name you. Uh yes, he also had five yards, five yards on the ground. Uh for a, for a, for a, a very respect a, a very respectable uh five yards per carry average. Um, yeah. which is <laughs> quite a
4: of respectable We're the t- um, team leading five yards per carry
1: average. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, leading lead the team.
4: Uh, but yeah, so
1: a dominant performance from him, you know showing us showing us why he, he's the player that he is. You know he's a, a you know tight end come slot receiver come utterly unplayable when he decides he's going to have have an evening like he had. And it was one of those games where it, it started out pretty cagey. You know what I mean? We had Casey in the, in Baltimore, and we're going to talk more about the Ravens specifically in a minute. But they, they both came out swinging, and Casey just. Started to pull away, almost ironically straight. And I'm not going to get this because Liam's going to talk Ravens for us in a minute, and I don't want to steal a bit away from him. But a certain Ravens wide receiver who had a very good game, it must be said, who did actually put up some some really good points. But he might have been getting a bit big for his britches and getting a bit for himself. And then Karma is a nasty, nasty mistress. When we had the big punch out from Sneed right on the line, touchback, ball goes over to Casey, and they just pull away and away. And before you know it, it's just you just don't have anywhere to come back against that team. One of the big things, and I don't know if this jumped out to you boys, I think it probably did. Much was made throughout the season about, you know, Kansas City losing, or Kansas City struggling, and what teams have had to do against Kansas City for years, is if you want to beat Kansas City, win the time of possession battle. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You want to win, that's how to do it. Grind out lots of really long offensive drives, limit how much time Mahomes has, because if Mahomes is on the field, he's going to hurt, he's going to punish you. In a game on Sunday, Kansas City rocked in with thirty-seven minutes thirty time of possession. That's just damning. It tells you all you need to know. If you've got Patrick Mahomes on the on the tough on the tough on the pitch for over you know over two thirds of the game, you really know that you are struggling badly. And it's true. They were. The he just came in and he absolutely destroyed them. What were what were you guys? Any other big ones for you guys last night? I've, I've left a couple of bits to see if anybody spotted other things that were particularly interesting to the KC side last night.
3: No, I think I just think Yeah, I mean Mahomes is obviously excellent, right? So everything everything that's been that can be said about Mahomes has been said. But I just I think looking back at that game yesterday, um I I, I wasn't overly impressed by Mahomes. I think Kelsey, for me, stood out as the guy that really stepped up in that match. Um, For all you're saying that that Mahomes dominated them and done the damage, I mean, they didn't put up a lot of points. Um, You know, it it was quite a a close game still, to be fair. There was only one score in it um, in the end. So I I think that, you know, the difference for me really was that the, the Kansas defense, um stood up and stopped the the Ravens for putting points on the board. That's what that's what I kind of feel like it got away for the Ravens.
1: Yeah. Very, very true. And again a lot was said going into this with the Ravens that if you know Lamar. Lamar is MVP Lamar. He is <laughs> utterly unplayable. Um yes Mahomes is the is is the best overall quarterback in the league but Lamar's so dangerous he can beat you with his legs so much that if you want to beat Lamar, what do you need to do? Keep him in the pocket. And that is something that Casey managed hugely last night. Keep Lamar in the pocket. Make him try and beat you through the air. And like Lamar, Lamar's not a bad passer. This is like I I, I even even as a Browns fan. And as much as I might take the Mick in the group chat. Yeah. Um Lamar, the, the narrative of all Lamar's just a glorified running back. It's, it's clearly nonsense. He can he can sling a ball about, but it's not where the strength in his game lies. It is about that manoeuvrability. It is about escaping the pocket and extending plays with his legs. And he just didn't have the chance last night. Um, Liam, it come to you and, and maybe think about all things Ravens. Where did it go wrong? I mean, the Ravens, they only put up 10 points in the night. Yes, Casey only put up 17, but... <laughs> They they really didn't look like they were. Casey for me, looked like they could have scored more.
4: Yeah, Brian, it was a big 17. Like, oh, that was the way I viewed it. Like, Yeah. The way you, know, you talk and about like
1: that? If, I, I, I don't know. And this is where it's it's the one that I would maybe say is that if you were going to put money in either of the teams to pull another touchdown out of the bag if they really needed it, it, it would have been on Casey. It would have been the Chiefs that you had. You got more in the tank you could give us. I just didn't see anything for the Ravens that made me think that the, the comeback's coming.
2: Yeah, it was it's kinda of, it was a strange game, especially being at home, I think. Um I don't know if somebody came before the before the kickoff when um the Tucker was getting his, <laughs> his tea thrown away and stuff like that. Like oh, you're at home, we're still going to ruin your place anyway. So um the thing, I, was, I, I like, enjoyed I
1: that just... <laughs> weird, by the way. Just, <laughs> I just said about pure the
2: as you said about the Ravens, like, they've been a great defence all year. Their defence was great again last night. I thought, you know, they're flying around Rukon Smith and Kel Hamilton were, were everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just their offence just couldn't get going. Like you like you were talking about, like Lamar, as much as he's a good pass, he's sort of improved. I keep commenting how much he's improved as the seasons or years have gone on. But the, the running game just was lacking. I think Lamar had, like, 54 yards rushing and then um, Edwards and Hill had, like, 20 yard yards between them. Um, I sort of found some crazy starting the Twitterverse that they had three early down runs all game. That was it for the Ravens. And like that just seems to be getting away from what they've been doing all season. They've been, you know, yeah. running that ball, and when they need to, obviously, being, sometimes obviously it's been Lamar, the Lamar Marshall, but running it, and then they take their shots. Um, you know, and they just didn't. I don't know what was it. You know, Spagnola, you know, great defense, you know, dialing up, you know, all, he was kind of rushing rushing. Um, I think it was some start, I think through the commentary was like he was rushing fifty percent of plays, I think, um, versus the quarterback. Was that just kind of throwing Lamar off, just couldn't handle it? Um and they just, they just couldn't get going again. Okay, In the third and fourth quarter, they started to make some plays, you know, and then obviously got that big the biggest probably play of the game when Flowers, as you say, fumbled in the goal um on the goal line for a touchback in the end. Um but the fear to. as much as he should have protected the ball it was some play by Sneed um to to knock that out. Um but it was just they just seemed to get away from what they've been doing all season. I don't know it was really they are trying I think they're trying to out they kind of feel as if they outsmarted themselves. They are trying to be too cute about it all I think and it just kind of came back to to them in the end. Absolutely Alex
3: Sorry, kept... Sorry, Brian, I was just going to say, I, I mean, it was interesting you should talk about the, the, the early down runs. Um, I'm sure a stat came up, at you know, towards the end of the second quarter, maybe even early in the third quarter. Um, and it's, it's uh, who was it, Gus Edwards had two carries for 16 yards. So he's averaging eight yards a carry and he's only had two carries. Why, why are you not running the ball more? I don't understand when, you know, they've been so successful all season. What you know? Where did the play calling go? That's for me. Was was I, you can't you can't take away credit from the Kansas City defense because they were excellent, but it just seemed very very strange. The, the you know the play calling that uh, was coming for the the, the Ravens offense, and um, I feel as though they, they kind of just let themselves down on the night more than anything that, else.
2: The other thing, obviously, that jumps out is all the old discipline. If you want to call it that, all the. The mm-hmm. negative, you know, all the flags are were getting thrown around. And yeah, even, the one, even the ones, te- even the intentional one, apparently by by Smith, he still, instead of just touching the player, as we're talking about, just rattled that first and five. Kind of was it the yeah. third or fourth quarter. And he just, I think it was the fourth quarter. It's, and he just totally on the them. For <laughs> so, the um, sake of the
1: context, in that 95 yards, the Ravens gave Kansas in, in penalties,
4: which is wild. To
0: give uh,
3: a
4: team a hundred, near enough a hundred yards for free. Yeah, Brian, mm-hmm. The other thing I was actually going to mention about that as well is the of Kansas City's like first down. They got as many first downs from penalties from the Ravens as they did for Russian. So they got five uh, Russian first downs, five first downs from penalties, like from the Ravens as well. And I mean, I, I know that some people like to go down the oh, the ref- this referee's been put in because he's a ringer, because he always finds, <laughs> <flags. laughs> you know, he always helps yes. it the, the road teams or whatever it was, it's sort like, of oh, the NFL's trying to fix it. But I'm sorry, watching the game, um, I said it during the time when we were watched, or, you know, during the game when we were watching, I'm like, the Ravens are not helping themselves out here yep. with some of these flags. And to a point, like, there was actually, there was one later on, I don't know if you guys remember, when Kansas, there was the punt that they managed to stop on the one or they're like pretty much right on the goal line, yeah. and so the, the Ravens were backed up in their end zone. I think mm-hmm. it was Chris Jones rushed through the middle, and there was one of the linemen that was like, You should have been called for that. Because like, there's a thing in ice hockey we, t- we talk oh, about uh, you know, tripping. basically neon yeah. Yeah, yeah. tripping. Yeah. I guess you're misconduct in hockey, like it'll kick you out because it's like one of the most likely things to injure somebody. And in that yeah, there was no flag there, but I'm like, surely everybody saw that it was a clear trip. Not that I, you know, I'm all for everybody getting flags all the time for anything, but just to put that, or oh, the the flags were potentially it was the referees out to get the Ravens. That that to me did not happen. I, I need to say to, to give the Penguins a bit of credit for the change. Um, or the the zebras, Penguins.
1: Uh, okay, I'm it's just, it's okay, I'm it's okay. just <laughs> I, I, I just I just yeah. Um, to give them, some, you know, I mean, as much as they're, they're worth, you know, I mean, a fair amount of penalties um, on the nights. You know, there was about 125 yards worth of penalties in the nights across both teams. There were none that I really looked at and thought, "Oh, that's egregious. That's that's the refs ruining the game." And again, yeah, okay, there was the tripping call that was missed, but I don't know that I'd really say there were any big missed calls. You know, none that I, I, I can think of. I,
3: personally, I think that the. Um the taunting call on say Flowers was ridiculous. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's, the, that's get, the difference. The guy's holding his leg. Rule. Normally the player catches the ball, turns away and, you know, strikes a pose, but he's, he's, he's being held by the defender, so he just stands and, and, and you know, he, flexes he his muscles. the ball on his face. K-
4: K- ah. I mean, that's <laughs> the one where the rule is the rule, so he was flagged yeah, yeah. for that, but I think that rule is stupid. I think the player yeah. should be allowed to... I'm in the Joe Burrow camp of oh, I just let them taunt because it's too as if he's, you know, swearing. Oh, somebody, here. It's, yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting <laughs> no, one. It, I think not to be with a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> <Right.
1: laughs> lot to be said <laughs> for beating a man with a helmet. Um, <laughs> it's funny though with the taunt one, I don't know anybody that likes that room. Really. Like, okay, like, you know, the, like, there was a, a, kinda, an interesting one on the New Heights pod recently where the, the, the Kelsey boys kind of explained the, the much maligned touchback role. And they kind of gave their point of view, but why they think no, no, that that should be a rule. You fumble in the end zone, you should be getting really heavily penalized, and that's kind of going against the grain of what most folk would say. Yeah. But when it comes to the Taunton rules, I don't know anybody that thinks that's a good thing. But I will say as well, look, as much as I, I don't think I don't think she's a it's a either. Let them it's great fun. It's great to watch. It's a really easy rule not to fall foul of, though. It's like the yeah. one in like um, in, in in football, yeah. soccer always does my head in when players pick up yellow cards for taking their shirt off when they celebrate a goal. I'm like, mate, it's really Still easy to just not do that.
3: Gonna just not do that. One other call One <laughs> other call for the, the, the refs that uh, I'd like to know you guys' thoughts on, uh, and I think I'm going to be coming across as a, dusk, a disgruntled uh, Ravens fan here, <laughs> uh, bringing up these goals, but um, the interception. Now let me just say first of all, the the, the interception Lamar throws at the end. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> throwing a throwing a ball at a guy who's in triple coverage and he's getting no chance of catching that. Nice. But, yeah,
4: but The hopeful, like, I loved it at the time. I was just like, oh, that, one, that, that hopeful new <laughs> finger that went up, like, I'm right. open. <laughs> it's like, as he runs into <laughs> triple company. Same thing, but same um,
1: thing. See, like, see if it was, right, I can't believe I'm about to say this, so he's going to enjoy this when I say it. See if it was, like, OBJ. <laughs> it's so well damned, but I
4: get it. I understand uh, it. It was, like, like, like.
3: Like, um, yeah. one for Aye. Aye. i know
4: what you mean it's it's not like a d-hop or yeah like an obj yeah, like like,
3: ironically named isaiah likely because that was Aye. anything but likely <laughs> wasn't it <laughs> um, but no but the reason i bring that up is at the time i thought it and i've seen replays since and i've also seen some people talking about it on on x on twitter um but Likely is bundled to the ground while the ball's still in the air by the defender, um, and I just—I wonder why there was no flag there. I, I
2: thought I it was a good, no, I think it was a good no call. I think, yeah, because like, if you're <laughs> going to throw a flag, players are going to stop and just get a guy run into them, and then they'll fall over and then there you but, go. But, but, it
3: the has to, but it has to stop to to have any chance of catching the ball. You know, he's, if he if he wants to catch that ball, he's got to stop, and the defender runs straight in him. So that just means
2: it's a bad ball, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or
4: it's oh, a bad ball you
3: know, you know, <laughs> create... route incorrectly or it's a bad ball. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but but he's he tried to stop to catch the ball. The defender, one of the three defenders has just has just bundled him to the ground. And um, now I've seen people on uh, on Twitter saying, Oh no, you know, um, that that was after the, the the contact was after the catch. It wasn't. The ball was still in the, in midair when when the contact happens when he's actually on the deck before the guy catches the ball. So I just found that interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that the the, the referees had a terrible game. They, they gave plenty of uh, decisions to both teams. Um, but for me, I just thought taunt call was a was a bit crazy, and I thought that one was could have, could have easily Kev, been given.
4: Kev, I will say on that the more because obviously I'm talking about likely with the finger up on the hopeful. Go for it. Here. Yeah. I do actually think that part of the decision to throw the ball in there was as much as it's a, and now. I'm going to defend Lamar here slightly. <laughs> <After some laughs> good idea, I think maybe yeah, they, were trying, that pass. they were trying to draw the flag.
3: Maybe. That's yeah.
4: What it was. It's like either he pulls off an amazing catch or they think, ah, oh, there's three defenders there. They're going to panic. Somebody's going to get hands on them and uh-huh. we'll get a holding call here.
2: Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, possibly, I think possibly, But then they didn't really complain it. didn't seem like that's when the camera going. We didn't seem to complain about it that much. Which you know, you, uh, would, like, you know,
4: after it gone like where's the flag? But that must have been after, like Kev said he's seen the replay and it does yeah. look like okay he's been holding a bit. But to me though, I'm still like it stands to it stands to reason just that kind of there was a couple of times before because I mean obviously he took the shot at OBG before that. Yep that OBJ never got to and I mean that that I think was their chance to tie it up yeah at that point as well though there was like I don't know if it was a drive before or within that same one I remember thinking that the time going why are they taking shots for at like, 35 yards here yeah. like there's still time no I'm like, just go for the underneath route get the first down it's like just keep grinding the clock it's like you might end up in overtime but at least you're gonna get a score here kind of thing yeah I, I don't know it was almost like hardball. The blood went to his head, and he just went, "Screw it, we're going for it, guys!" It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: that's going to be a team today.
4: I, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to <laughs> yes, know. It is. Yeah. I, I was actually setting up the line to so came <laughs> <laughs> <in> there. <but laughs> don't, yeah. don't
1: worry, they're coming. I do. I would love to know. and It's one of these great mysteries that we never get to find out. Is like yeah. who decided that that was that was the play in that drive? You know, I mean, was that Lamar? Did, did he kind of? Hot route that one in. Did he make that a bit of an option route that he put in there, or, or was that just this is the play design, this is what we're going for? Yeah, so I the, mean- the, the excuse I'm going to give the refs before we move on, I'm going to give the refs with that one. See if the refs call that holding. Every Hail Mary that ever gets thrown is going to end in a DPI, as it's more or less the same for all of them. <laughs> you just hurl yeah. it into the end zone for miles away, everybody's getting clambered over. Um, but no, <laughs> stop it, right. Last one on this one, if to finishes off, then you we we have made reference to it, but I'm gonna put this one round the table is uh who's is somebody getting praised? There is somebody getting blamed. The I think pivotal player of the game has to be the Sneed Flowers ball getting knocked out, touchback back. The player of the game for me. It was it was the pivotal moment. Are we blaming? Now you're not nay bottling it. None of this. Oh, it was a bit of both. You need to choose. Are we blaming the rookie wide receiver? Rush our blood to the head, trying to extend when he needs to tuck that in. He would have got a fresh set of downs on the one. Or is Snead just pulled off an incredible defensive play? What do we think? You need to choose one of the pair. So I'm talking there deliberately to fill a couple of, <laughs> of <laughs> seconds to let you think.
3: It's very <laughs> close. They to straight in.
1: Straight
3: in. The, the, the rookie player has made a rookie mistake. Um, I can't remember what game it was last week, but something similar happened, or maybe last week or the week before. Um, and, you know, the uh, all the pundits in, in uh, the studio uh, and the coverage I was watching all said the same thing. You've got to protect the ball there, especially when it's it's a fresh set of downs on the one, so I can, I cannot for the life of me understand. But do you know what? See, even if he tucks it in, he's probably getting the he's probably getting the touchdown anyway. If he if he doesn't extend, because he's 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 hurtling through the air, um, his whole body is is hurtling through the air. So if he tucks it in, it, he's probably going to cross the or break the plane with that ball before before he he touches down anyway. Um, I don't understand why he's trying to reach out, especially with. There's two defenders right on top of him as well.
4: Yeah, was, um,
1: so, right. so, yes. there's, there's one vote for stuff the rookie. Uh Liam, where do you land him? I'm, I'm gonna ball?
4: go positive. Uh I'm gonna go the get positive road, road with us, uh, Brian, and I'm gonna say it's not the rookie's fault. I I think he was you know on the on the verge of making a great play, but I think the even better play was Sneed using that veteran awareness to get in there and just punch veteran that. Ball. Awareness. Just like one punch right. man and the ball free there kind of thing. So I, yeah, I'm. I think that Sneed was the, the man in that situation. Right. Okay. See, well, um, I'll, I'll... You, you did very rudely talk to Liam. I was trying to just right. right. stop. Liam yeah. gets the time breaker. Right. Right. So, thinking of so, one way.
1: So I just. You <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you get the time mate. mate. where are you landing so,
2: it? Well, because I was kind of going on that with Sneed. I was watching, like, watching it and just trying to see was was it intentional or was it just because he was trying to wrap him up and he just had it out. It was going so fast. I guess guess needed you. It probably was intentional, but so I think it was on flowers, and then I think you have to blame flowers. I think like uh, I'm doing, yeah, I'm gonna. He, I, I hate,
1: he I hate it I'm it. gonna make
2: it even. And it was kind of. I was going another thing. I was gonna say it's kind of kind of theme of the weekend. Rookie mistakes that cost might cost them. When we got get into another rookie who made a bit of a uh, an issue in the next game. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: we well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make it even more lopsided than blaming flowers as well. Um, because I, I, I think that was 100% calculated by Sneed. I, this is, I suppose this is then what I'm going for, is that Sneed has, Stu's right, Stu, Sneed's made an incredible play. The only reason that that play's been available is because Flowers has made a really poor decision. Yeah. Um, if, if he doesn't extend that out, Sneed can't make that play. There's does not space to make it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm blaming Flowers. He's a rat I get to blame. Right, okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> Pretty so, guy. Should have got eye millions. Um yeah, it's, not, it's not like he's not going to have a very lucrative NFL career ahead of him. The guy just put up 115 yards on sort of five receptions. Was well, as uh, long as he
4: going to do a Tony Bryan and end up playing uh, ruining his name, there is that. No, True right? I mean, <laughs> sure, sure enough, he could do.
1: Right. But yes, anyway, I think that one we, we've seen the end of it. And we we're going we're gonna to move on now. So we're going to move. It was time for prime time. And as I said at the start of the pod, if there was ever a game of two halves, uh, it was this one. So we are going to start at the beginning. Uh, and that means we need to have some pride. We need to have one pride uh, and talk through all things Detroit. Kev, what, what did you mean? Talk us through the Lions in this game.
3: The Lions um, started off like the Lions that were all kind of, come to love this season. We've all kind of uh, developed a soft spot for them because of the, the attacking uh, football that they play. Um, really exciting to watch. And, and this game uh, was, was yeah, to begin with, it was exactly that. Um, the first half, they were firing on all cylinders. Uh, they were running the ball well with a one-two punch. Um, they, were, they were throwing the ball, getting it off the field, putting points on the board. Um, there was yeah, J- Jameer Gibbs had a great game again, or at least a great first half. And um, Rass Saint Brown—it's probably the best I've seen him play for a while. Um, although he did put up decent numbers last week as um, as well. Um, in golf, for me, golf was was actually really good. Um, I've I've had my doubts about golf as much as I enjoy watching um the Lions this season. Golf to me seems a bit fragile um and i worried that, that this game would uh, would maybe be too much for him um i've seen him earlier on in the season where he, he, he throws one straight pass and all of a sudden the balls just you know flying loose all over the, the shop um but i was impressed with, with, with how he held it together um and ultimately ultimately uh you know in the second half the 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 49ers just Ground them down um, as they as they do in most teams that they play. So I don't think there was too much blame to place on the lines on the whole for the, um, the failure to get the result in the end. I think um, you know they, they, they started off great and they just couldn't quite keep it going for the the, the full sixty minutes.
1: Well, do you know what, Kev? I respectfully disagree. Um, <laughs> exactly. Simply, we passed out. Although I am going to say, do you know what? So I'll put this one out there. Um, I don't think the players showed that any blame. Um, I think they went out. They gave it their absolute best. Goff, I was loving some of Goff's passing. He was throwing absolute darts. Some of the some of the motion he was getting the ball was incredible. I thought, and the, yep. the the Lions run game, particular the first half. Gibbs, Gibbs' touchdown was for me one of the best runs I've watched all year. Um, but. I know where you're going with this. And Campbell. Yeah. It's been a hallmark of the team all year. They have been one of, if not the most aggressive teams on fourth down all year. It's one of the things we've loved watching. We've loved seeing it because we love seeing that go for it attitude and it's worked so often until it didn't. You need to shoulder the blame for that one because they really should there's more than enough opportunities last night for them to be putting that to bed if they take a slightly more conservative route with some of the play calling but if they do that and they play we spoke about in the last game how the ravens weren't playing the the, the football they've been known for all year and it came back to bite them yeah the lions do that if they abandon their philosophy Does does that bite them in another way
3: that's that's. I mean, that I knew where you were going with that, Brian. And the reason that I didn't criticise uh, Dan Campbell is because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I've watched him all season. I've loved seeing them going for it on fourth down so so often, um, and you know sometimes pretty like long yardage on fourth down. So, you know, I just felt like they had to be true to the way that they've been playing and um, stick to their guns. Uh, and in the end, you know, when they end up, end up going seven points down, you're thinking, oh, they could have kicked those two um, field goals. They'd probably still be behind. So um, I think they felt like they needed more, and they just unfortunately couldn't pull it off. Stu's sat there with his,
1: with his finger up, which makes me really <laughs> nervous about what he's going to say.
4: Okay, I'm going to agree with Kev. For the most part, um, they are and like I, I love. I actually thought that both decisions they made in the second half on those fourth downs to go for it. I thought those were the right calls because, like you know, it was fourth and three and fourth and two. I think they had and in both of them, it's like if they get the touchdown, their game's done, kind of thing. It's like, like Detroit are winning. Where Dan Campbell went wrong, though, is he did abandon his whole philosophy. The first half in the second quarter, seven seconds to go. They opted for the field goal in that situation. And, I mean, they ended up, they lost by three points or whatever. So, you know, if they don't get, the you know, if they'd went for it and not got it, we never know. Uh, If they would have or not, they would have been on 28 points, I guess, by the end of the game instead. However, if they'd went for it on fourth down at the end of the first half when they had such a convincing, you know, 14-point lead anyway, it's already Mm -hmm. two scores so if he went for that usual dan campbell aggressive thing and you know they had like montgomery's averaging 6.2 yards for the whole game jameer gibbs yeah his average was only 3.8 but i think san francisco did a better job of like basically keying in on him in the second half that first half was electric he's also i think it's the the one for Gibbs with me is also the nature
1: his runs he does a lot more running to the outside so he, he was getting caught in the backfield more but when he got
4: out jesus know oh, he, he goes, it's like an A-train or whatever, like the A-train in, uh, in Miami. So it's the same kind of thing. But anyway, point is, is that if Dan Campbell had went for it in the first half, and yeah. you know, obviously we don't know what would have happened, whether they would have got it or whether they only would have been 14 points up. Yeah. Uh, if they're 21 points up going into halftime, I think it probably would have been game over, like as good as the Niners were in the second yeah. half. So I will say I agree with you in part, Kev, that he was yeah. right to go for it. 'Cause it's that same thing of you can't he said it himself in the interview after the game. He was conscious of the fact that, well, this is what we've been doing all year, we have to go for it, and I also want to stop San Francisco playing long football, which was mm-hmm. what they did as soon as they got ahead. They're just like, We're just gonna do the short dump offs, we're gonna run it, we're gonna, you know, we just go back to playing Niners ball, and that was what they did kind of thing in the end. But, uh, so I stand by Dan Campbell, but I do say first I half the
2: killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I, um, I would third that view I think I would agree with all of that I think Dan Campbell has been in it all season I think you have to go with it though I suppose there's some narrative out there now that you just didn't trust our kicker who was the picked up of waivers to make a long field goal so is that part of it that that's just straight? but then oh, he's actually make an easy decision to go so you know who knows yeah, yeah.
1: So what you're saying is that the actual issue was they neglected to pay enough attention to the most important position in football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, and, and that that was obviously all they wrote in the game, uh, but it didn't because that was only halftime when the Lions were doing well. Uh, and then they all went in, they had a little sit-down. There was a time orange or two consumed, I'm sure. Uh, and then San Francisco's darkest ever. When they needed a hero, someone to step up, Someone to save them. Would it be CMC? Would it be Debo? Would Debo go? No. D-bo they needed D-bo. a man. They needed a mister. They needed a mister man. They needed a mister in an element. I spent the whole night slagging off and what's up? <laughs> oh, Stu, on you go. Enjoy your moment, mate, because you sat there for the first half and you listened to my absolute feeling, mincer.
4: Ron Brock Bumpy is. You know, you know what, Brian? That that was uh, possibly the greatest segue I have heard. When I show, I thought that is a defining moment of the one hundredth episode. What like, that was, what the ego with Debo <laughs> ego. Like I already started laughing, but um, no, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll not be too mean, but um, I will say that just to give you a kind of short, the short edited version of Brian's messages to the group chat. <laughs> he was saying that Brock Purdy was uh, looking a bit more like Dak and uh, our playoff Dak and playoff Josh Allen, I guess, as well, maybe, like in playoff Lamar. You know, guys that, uh, you know, possibly are viewed as great regular season MVP options but may choke. And in the end, Brock Purdy obviously had a bit of the last laugh on Brian because you promptly went to bed and I could tell you up game, and I watched as Brock Purdy came out after half-time and went, you know what, I'm going to just do Brock mm-hmm. Purdy things now. Um, I will also say that in the second half, there's this kind of storyline yeah. that kind of revolves around Brock Purdy that we've been hearing all year about how, oh, he's a game manager, he's a game manager, yeah. and it's a slur now, like when we talk about quarterbacks, like in the modern game, like even though if you think, if somebody's a game manager, that means they are running the game. So, really, it should be seen as a good thing as well. That means somebody's yeah. doing the right thing in the right situation or the right thing at the right time. Um, but for Puddy last night, I would say, honestly, second half, I think he shed some of that game management, mm-hmm. um, you know, persona or, or kind of or that narrative that's been written about him because the amount of damage he was doing with his legs. Like yes. First, whether it was like rushing the pocket or he had like those huge runs for first down that... Um, i can't remember who it was it was one of the, the linemen for the niners i don't know if you guys saw it after the game he was getting interviewed yes. the locker room and he was talking about he says so we're just doing a blocking set and oh you know I, i'm just trying to block my guy in front of me and i'm holding him off because we're running like an rpo like we knew it was going to be a run pass option so we, we weren't sure what was going to happen and I, I basically had no idea where the ball was and then all of a sudden there's all this screaming <laughs> And I realised that Puddy has just tore by me and whatever, <laughs> off, off he goes kind of thing. And I think he said as well, it's like if he hadn't run, because he bounced off Samuel as well yeah. at that point, because he was yeah. blocked ahead, and it's like if he hadn't hit Samuel, he's like, I think he probably would have got the touchdown. at that moment instead steady, stop short, So he had that, and then there was the other, the one where he pulled off a Lamar or Justin fields yep. escape act. Where um, the pocket collapsed, he came in. Somebody got a hand on him. He somehow managed to duck under that. They flew it to the left wing um, or to the left touch uh, touchline, and he threw the ball up for Juicechik, or I can never see his name, Euchik, uh, who caught it with that amazing toe tap, kind of dive and catch, like on That's the That's a side, great catch, by the way. Amazing yeah. again from first down. Just like that. That's that veteran thing as well, and that presence of mind. Uh, like he's a guy. He's basically that utility. tell cap swag. Thing does everything. He's just like, here I go, kind of thing. I wish I was that good at something in life, but uh, it it was impressive. But, you know, you had that, and then obviously the big play that really kept them in it was, and this is in contrast to the Lamar thing when we talk about the throw into triple coverage and how things ended differently. There was that bomb downfield that ended up, could have been an interception, bounced straight off a helmet, like off a face mask, yeah. Uh, the corner, the cornerback, uh, I think who was that? Was that the um, was
2: um uh Buildor? or uh,
4: yep. Sorry, it kind of makes me think of Gildor and uh... <laughs> some fantasy Not references. <laughs> fantasy, <laughs> fantasy references there for people anywho. Yeah. he throws it downfield, but the key difference there in the Lamar one was he's threw it to a guy that's only covered by one player. So, even if you are slightly out, it's like he's basically going, like, why, well, Ayuk's down there? I'm going to let my guy maybe make a play in this situation. Whereas, we're likely, you're throwing it in the triple coverage, maybe hoping for a flag. So, the fact that it bounced off and then Ayuk like, showed the presence of mind just to be able to go, oh crap, and he throws himself at it, catches it as well. It's like that was the impressive. One,
1: the one with that, I'll say as well, I don't know if he's caught this. There was a, a great uh, snippet came out for one of Debo's um, post game bits where he was talking about that and it was like, Debo helped create that play, and it showed you how good Purdy's um, read in the field was, because Debo was the primary target in that route, and he came out, he was cutting across, and he pulled one of the safeties out with him, and that's what left Ayuk alone, that's what created the space for him, and Purdy has been able to set, work his reads, identify that Ayuk's there, and that he is now in single coverage, and take the shot, um they say a lot obviously been made about Purdean's His Purden's legs was incredible um, in the second half. Um, but second half, Purdy went 13 for 16, 174 yards, touchdown, no picks. And for the second ending, it the likes the, the percentage is that that's an 81.25% completion rate. It's incredible football. And then you add in 50 yards, uh, well, was it 48 yards? Um on Definitely. the ground, I don't know if that all came in the second half, but certainly the most meaningful parts of it came in the second big,
4: half. Big rushes were in the second half, yeah. The 21 yarder, and that was in yeah. the second half. It's... Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing I'd say on it as well, they're just talking about both quarterbacks. It is funny how when you say that, like he was like 13 or 16 in the second half, but his overall start line was 20 or 31, 267 yards, touchdown, interception, obviously, two sacks. Then you go look at Jared Goff, 25 of 41. So he's missed 10 more passes and made five more. Yards, 273. That's only six yards more than Puddy. A touchdown, no interceptions, and then two sacks as well. Uh, More more yards lost from that. But in the end, you kind of look at it and go, okay, well, both. In fact, actually, he lost six yards more from that. But the difference is, is Jared Goff doesn't give you the running option. As well, so probably yeah. made up more yards for there. But through the air, though, it's actually funny how similar both quarterbacks were. But it was the point I was trying to make
2: there. But I noticed that as well. Like the overall stats for the the game was like it was like total yards four hundred forty two for lines and four hundred thirteen for the Niners. It was like crazy how exact they were or just about. In, yes. like, um, yeah. Like first downs twenty eight to twenty three and stuff like that. It was like you wouldn't think it was two game a game of two halves. Really, you think it would just be quite even overall. But it was yeah, a bit crazy.
4: But Yeah, also the, the fact that we, we compare it to the Ravens took eight penalties in their game, and there was only five total in this game. It was like two for the uh, two for the Lions, three for the, the Niners, I think, if I have that right. Yeah, like
1: yeah, two and three, <laughs> 15 yards in yardage. The, the Lions gave up, and the Niners gave up
4: 20. Very yeah, first, game. I mean, the Niners in the first half, I think, were hurting themselves with the flags a bit, and then that was in the the Second half, that was another difference, I would say, for the Niners. They really screwed the knot, and they anyway, went, You know what? We need to stop taking flags here, mm-hmm. kind of thing, as well, because they were behind. And as we see, 17 point, like you know, making that up. It's is that not the biggest NF or come back in an NFC championship oh, game? Oh, there's a
0: question.
1: I don't know
4: that. That's that's a burden. we should, have, Oh, I feel I feel that like we've let ourselves down here,
1: chaps, but not figure that before we went live. Um, <laughs> no. I've, I've no idea, but it's certainly. Uh, do you know And I suppose? what Liam's actually led us into a really interesting one because for stats that are so late, I, I think, see, for me, it actually shows how much a game of two halves it was because the yeah. Lions dominated mm-hmm. that first half. Most of the positive stats the Lions were putting up were like yeah. through the first half and the, the Niners did nothing in the first yeah. half, hence my hubris in the group. Um, and then it shows you how big, the game flipped almost exactly on its head for the Niners to completely dominate that second half and and, and put it to bed. And on the Lions or Hurtley, you know, there were some big drops for the Lions Amon Ra? Yeah, Amon had a big drop. They would, uh, would have been a, kind of a big chunk was, of play. So Reynolds then, as well, I
2: think, uh, had a drop? Yeah. It so it was, so it yeah. yeah. Few,
1: but it's it, it does show you that it's, it's so hard to do this kind of stuff in in the postseason, you know, I mean, you need to be so switched on for all of it. Because as soon as you take your eye off anything, all of
4: these teams have got the talent to punish you. Yeah. Do you know whose name we haven't even mentioned? Actually, just before we were oh. here, it's not a not a niner like from Detroit side. Sam Laporta. Laporta yeah. was excellent. Yeah, he was we really came,
3: really good.
4: Again, we've we never mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. Like. Nine, as as 90 seconds, 97 yards. It's like you know that yeah. Thing, yeah, he was the yardage for um, receiving. He was the yardage leader for both teams.
3: We're totally firing. But tell me this, right? I, I'm, I'm obviously I was getting more and more drunk as the night went on. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've suddenly had a vague, a vague recollection of an incredible catch, but I can't remember who it was. Somebody pulled off an outrageous catch. Was it one hand? Like oh, it's not Jennings. Jennings pulled
4: wasn't yeah, was That, Jennings. Was, Jennings. that was ridiculous. That was his one catch as well, but
2: like did they not get dinged up on that catch? I think he
1: might have done. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he got dinged up. But yeah, I enjoyed that for the guys in the, 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 the preview crew, but it was um and I'm very sorry for the Niners fan whose name totally made me right now, I'm totally mind blanking. But what it is, apparently Joanne Jennings in the Niners fan base is called Joanne Moriart. Which just one more, <laughs> <I> just <laughs> more, it <laughs> <Brand> more yard. <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, so hi, that uh, what, what a game! What a pain of games! Um, and I'm I'm sad to see the back of them because it was a fantastic weekend of football. Now, with that, it is sadly, as I say, it's time to put the week in the rear view. Now, we have we've limited ourselves this week to a, a cruise missile and uh, who, who crushed it for the crew. Um, I'll be honest, I, when we, we were talking before we came on air everybody and I, I thought we would, the cruise missile this week would be, be fairly boring, uh, and there'd be one nomination, and we've just talked about it, that Ayuk catch, straight off a helmet, um, but I was very quickly shouted at and told that I was full of crap, and that there were multiple excellent things to be talking about. Uh, so, Stuart, take us off with what were your kind of, nomination for your, the, the cruise missile of the week, ignoring, of course, Ayuk's. Wonderful off the helmet number. I mean, this this like there's, a, nomination.
4: there's a few that like aren't um, considered actual cruise missiles. Like for one, the the check one, yep. which you know it was just that amazing play where uh, Puddy managed to get free of the pressure and out to the side and then throw it up for Dutert to get the first down and that toe tap kind of thing. So that was one of the ones I'd mentioned. I think so. I'm not saying that was a cruise missile of the week,
1: but that's. No, but I was, a was and I think it's. I think we are a bit too obsessed in the cruise. The cruise missile needs to be a massive air yards pass. I think. I think some some subtlety and some some expert technique has a, mm-hmm. has, a has a big place to play. Uh, Kev, what were you saying? What were you thinking? One of your one of your non uh, or one of the alternative suggestions.
3: Yeah, kind of, I, I I liked the. I think uh, Liam mentioned this before we came on. Um, and it was Lamar escaping the pressure. Um, and then throwing up. Um, a nice pass up the field for Zay Flowers, for the touchdown. Um so, yeah, I enjoyed that one.
1: Right, and I'm, I'm delighted because I thought you were about to nick Liam's up further than uh, <laughs> <we, laughs> that. Uh, wouldn't it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be we couldn't do any of these games unless we made reference to this most most incredible of moments. Uh Liam, like you're at your cruise missile candidate of the
2: week. Well, um, um the plate himself. Um <laughs> a certainly a certain, a Lamar Jackson to Lamar Jackson <laughs>
1: <laughs> It takes some special talent to pull that off. Uh <laughs> like excuse we're gonna we're, no spoilers, but we're, we're gonna talk more about that in a wee bit. But yes, that was that was an incredible one. Um, all all of these things, great passes. And again, it's these lovely wee moments that make the games so so enthralling. Uh, right, uh our second last uh bit of the pod this week, guys. Who who crushed it for you this week, crew? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in my mind first just because this and it's it's based off one play, I'll be honest. Um for me, crushing it this week was uh Jameer Gibbs. Um yes, it all kind of happened in one half for him. But particularly his touchdown run. The the dukes, the side to side movement that he was showing, he like I, I genuinely couldn't believe he didn't like, I, when I watched it live, I immediately thought, oh my god, the Niners have blown that entirely. Um the defenses just let them So then I watched the replay after we heard it. No, no, they didn't. They tried really hard to tackle him <laughs> and he just got away from everyone um, so for me crushing it this week was Jameer Gibbs uh, Kev who's who's your, your crusher of the week
3: I'm going to go for um, someone on the de- defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs because I think that's that's what got them the win in the end and Chris Jones had another uh, game wrecking uh, performance so I'm going to go for him
1: I'm absolutely showing why he's won every penny um, that, that Kansas are paying him. I forget what his contract was at the start of the year, but he's demonstrated ably why he was worth it. Uh, yep. Stu, so, and I'm, not, no, I'm going to go to Liam because, because Liam's, Liam's about to come back in in a minute, so we'll get Liam out of the way here.
2: Liam, who crushed it for yeah. you this week? I'm going to go defensive side of the ball as well, but um, on the other side of the Chiefs-Ravens game, I'm going for Kel Hamilton, the safety for the Ravens, who was just, even though an was on the losing team, he was all over the place making right. tackles. I think he had like 11, was it like 11 tackles, nine solo tackles, like solo tackles tackles or something like that so he was all over the place he yeah. just seemed to be popping up every, every other play he was popping up making a, making a play on the ball so yeah, was, yeah you know, but anyway.
1: for context he wound up at the end of the game eleven tackles nine solo one for a loss one hit in the quarter but he was he was excellent uh, yeah. Stu with yourself mate. who is your, your crusher this week
4: I'm going to use that to link all the way back to the, the kick off question when I when I was saying about the recency bias thing um, and I'm picking the guy I picked to start my franchise with. I'm going with Trent Williams from the San Francisco 49ers. The guy didn't allow a single pressure or tackle or sack or anything from his side on the field. So he, he had like, a near enough perfect grade kind of thing on the day. So, and he's he's such a monster every week anyways. But yeah, Trent Williams for me, like if, the, what he does for both the passing and allowing McCaffrey to do what he does in the rushing game, as well is absolutely monstrous. So yeah, Prime a for me. Yeah, absolutely incredible game. Right. And and I
1: don't this this could this could be the first time that this has happened. I actually think it's possible is. Liam, you are gonna take us away with the statistic of I think this this could be your, your inaugural statistics. Sir. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you, you've ever had the honors of the GPS or privilege either, before uh, me. Um, you, 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 you found this on and it's a cracker. Uh, so, give us a statistic of the week, sir.
2: Yeah, so we've all already touched on um, a certain play from a certain game, it's, and we all seem to have this in playoff every so often. I think it seemed to be against KC. I remember the the Mariota uh, played to himself a couple of years ago, uh, yeah. which he got going for a touchdown, that one. But yes, I found this crazy stat on X or Twitter, if you want to call it, um, credit where it's due to, I think it was front office NFL, I think it was from, um, yeah, Lamar, Lamar's Jackson was a 13-yard reception was the longest completion by a player to himself since, in the playoffs since at least 1950, which is because ah, those stats. I love, <laughs> I love the least, least that, 1950s. That, what? Is
4: it's like well, we know up <laughs> to 1950, but we can't be sure before that. You can't be sure. Yeah. Was <laughs> <legend>. <laughs> like, I, I love the idea that Lamar
1: gets that tweet like did and put up his wall somewhere. I lost the award. My official record. I hold the longest reception for one guy to himself. So it it was it was such a bizarre play. It was such a bizarre play. Um, right. Okay. Thank you very much, folks. Um, and that that's it. That's that's been a hundred of the finest episodes of the Gridiron crew. And uh, me and the rest of the crew and all of the rest of the guys are looking forward to the next 100. Um, But more about that later, and we've got a Super Bowl to look forward to, everybody. Now, this week, the, the preview crew is going to start a coverage of all things Super Bowl over the next couple of weeks, uh, because, yes, we obviously have two weeks to get prepared for the Super Bowl. Uh, and remember... On Friday, we'll be honing out awards, so make sure you get involved. There's lots to be discussed on X about the gridiron crew honours, so make sure you're getting pitched in. And thinking about that Super Bowl business, depending on where you call home, you might just be able to get an up-close and personal look at some of the finest crew members. But there'll be more said about that in another pod to come very, very soon. So, with that all said, all that's left for me to say, gents, is thank you very much for joining me tonight. Stu, thank you very much for coming on,
4: mate. Thanks a lot for having me. And when are we doing the Pro Bowl preview? I mean, surely the well, Pro Bowl, we can't forget about that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah.
1: Do you know what? I'm you looking can do that. To the so review yeah, I don't. That's what we're gonna need. Listen, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to be positive. They've brought back all of the daft skill games for the Pro Bowl. I'm quite looking forward to those. The flag football bit, not so much, but the stupid skill games. I'm quite looking forward to them. Oh, maybe I need to think of a better idea than the Pro Bowl. Um, do you know what? That's what we should do as an pod? What should they replace the Pro Bowl with? I'm sure we've all got thoughts on that um right thank you very much to kev thank you very much for being on with us again tonight mate
3: cheers guys pleasure as always hope all three. and
1: last but no means least liam thank you very much once again sir
2: yep again thank you for always and always, always good to chat ball every week Absolutely.
1: uh right okay well that draws things to a close now remember you can get in touch with the crew via twitter or x as i need to remember to say these days as well at grid iron crew you can find us on insta grid underscore iron underscore Crew. stick that grid iron crew into youtube you'll find us there find us wherever you get your podcasts like subscribe all of that good stuff and with that all that's left for me to say is thank you very much folks and we'll see you in the next one goodbye